Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, guess what? Before we get into it, you might have heard, I am drafted to the two Ramagpies as a part of the Carlton Draft. I'm going to be playing a game, dominating, kicking six, and then resetting at quarter time. For the first time in Carlton Draft history, one lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Erin Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good's that? If you want to enter this now to get her down to your football club, visit thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com. .au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Do you love the footy, Darcy? I bloody love the footy. Do you the love footy. the trade period? Oh, yes. What I about do. player movement when a player from your beloved Melbourne Demons might beast. bloody be leaving, you get another person in? I'm worried about Cozzy. Well, there you go. We'll find out all these answers. This is, in all seriousness, we're excited because we just recorded the show, is a really cool podcast. I love footy. You do love footy, like, you footy love, head. I, I don't love, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I love the trades. I love player movement. I love the game going. I love the big stars, the free agency, and all those bits and pieces. And this podcast is something that we're really proud of here at Producey. With Mitch Cleary and Sam McClure, I've created a podcast called The Tradies. The Tradies. Two rival hosts of big national television news. Sam McClure of obviously 3RW and Channel 9, teaming up with Mitch Cleary, formerly the AFL, now head reporter at Channel 7, have come together to create a show about trades, about free agency, about player movement, all the behind-the-scenes things that happen in the AFL, where it's players. Like, this is a thing that I I played AFL. I was really lucky enough to be in the system, and I didn't even know this shit went on. Like, you think about it now, trade period at the end of the year, that it's a two-week period where players move around in clubs. Coaches are meeting up with players as we speak. These coaches are travelling to states at the moment, playing their games of footy, and while they're there... They're meeting up with rival players to see if they can poach them for the next year. And all these stories, all these things are uncovered in this podcast, um, The Tradies, which we love. Yeah, it's interesting. You know what I loved? What did I loved? I loved when they were talking about the Tom Lynch deal and how it was going on 18 18 months. months. took 18 months for him to get to Richmond and nearly went to Collingwood as well. And we wouldn't have any idea. We have absolutely no idea. And it excites me that these conversations are actually happening now for future stuff. So... The boys are sort of trying to preempt that. They're talking about managers, talking about list managers, talking about coaches, um, all the like things that uh, any footy lover and anyone that loves the modern game would, would really love to hear. So Tradies Podcast, I talked to the boys today about all those if, buts, and in-betweens of, of everything, and their knowledge is just super. Mitch, I, I must say, special mention to Mitch, I just love his his nuffiness on this stuff. And because he's a nuffy. He's a nuffy, and he's a proud nuffy, and I'm, I'm nearly with him on that. Um, I wish I knew as much as him, but he's just great with the draft and all the things I like. So I think you can tell we're excited about this. It's an awesome show. If you like the episode, make sure you check out the traders as well. But um, I could talk about this stuff all week. I love it. Hope you enjoy it. IllyXX. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, special. Get comfortable, uncomfortable. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handing him a sheet of paper with six names and said, Sheet, we've got to cut these six blokes. Wow, shut up. I've just been barbed by Stingray, mate. I'm just yelling at him. You saved my life. You saved my life. You saved my life. Thank you. Thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Hey boys, how are we? Great. Sammy, start with you. Sammy, how are you? It's great to be here. Yeah. I actually, uh, so Mitch and I turned up to the studios at the same time tonight, both finishing work, Mitch finishing TV, I'm finishing radio. <laughs> it was quite funny if anyone like was watching out the front. We're both on the phone, <laughs> individually, standing at different different entry points. I know. Two dogs in a park. I can imagine. On, now, on Burnley Street. For those who out there who don't know, Tradies Podcasts, obviously... Mitch Cleary's with Channel 7, Sam McClure with Channel 9. You two are uh, 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 in podcast together, you're co-hosts, you're friends, but tonight there was a bit, the first time I've seen a little bit of a riff between you two. Can we talk about this? Leave that at the front door. Have you? We've left it at the, leave it at the front door. I'll talk about anything. What's happened here? So you had the story, you had the scoop. No. And the scoop stole the scoop. I've heard this story before. (laughs) I was going to report one aspect of the story. Yeah. Sam's beat me to the punch tonight and the news at 6.45, I had to... Sit there and watch Sam get the uh, get the scoops tonight. It's a little bit hard for TV journos, in fairness, because unless you have the story the built up with with pitches, it's hard to go off the top with breaking news. With radio, you can just sort of like sit there with the script and do it. But and uh, what was the news? Andrew Dillon, new CEO of the AFL, replacing nice guy, Gillan McLaughlin. So it's been sort of 
the best worst kept secret in footy for a while. The, the 12 AFL month f- search is over and they've landed on the boat. Gone with the guy that was right there. Yeah. The, um, Eddie Maguire, I've been seeing a bit of it on Twitter lately of Eddie Maguire saying yeah. that Gill was going to be coming back. It, yep. That was strange. Yeah, well, I mean, far be it for Mitch or I to uh, yes, go yes. against anything. Eddie's probably the. No, I'm actually scared of the it. Best, so the not. best performed uh, <laughs> footy journal of the last, what, 50 years. Yeah. So it'd be, be hard to go against him. But nah, no, I, I don't think Gil was ever a genuine chance of staying on, to be honest. There's but a bit of money thrown at him. but Gil's his own man as well. There's, I don't think there's any person in Australia that would have been able to compete with Gil in that top role. So you can see why the commission continued to try and lobby him to stay on. Yeah. Uh, but they've landed with Andrew Dillon. Hey, before we get into some tradies AFL talk, give us a bit of an insight. This is what I find so fascinating um, tonight. Getting you guys on, I'm genuinely pumped for something I'm really, really excited about tonight. A breakdown, the media, the trade period, breaking news, all of these parts about footy that honestly, I, you know, I've been in the system and lucky enough to be there and you guys don't understand that players don't even know the shit that you guys know. Like, it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Before we're talking about relationships off air and about how you know you guys are two young guys in in the start of your career where you've had to come in you start relationships like you can call when you've got a story you call people don't you You'll call you know the president of richmond the president of carlton the president of Essendon to fact check this stuff like yeah i don't think people realize that stuff actually goes on like how do you build those relationships and what has that been like for you both it's pretty daunting at the start when you're an 18 19 year old like we were coming in because your number is going to bob up on the president of Essendon's num phone, and they're not going to know who you are. You, you're a blank. Every call is a is a cold call, right at the start, <laughs> and you've got to be armed with information. So I learnt pretty young that you've got to be armed with information to ring someone. You can't just go ringing someone fishing for information. You can't ring the president of Collingwood tonight and say, "Hey, have you heard X, Y, and Z?" They're not going to tell you whether players signing for your footy club or if this mm. guy's going to leave his executive. You've got you've got to be firm with information to go to someone. And it does take time, Sam, to to learn those things as a 19-year-old. When you come in, you've got a head of steam up, you're making these phone calls and you get put on your ass pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel much more comfortable now at 31. But I think I was about 25 when I made like the hard and fast rule that I was sort of done with hounding media managers and um, you know going through like the, the proper red tape with Straight things. Straight to the top. Well, no, not even the top, just the source. I just made a rule that if I was writing about someone, I would at least make an effort to call them. Mm. So it got to the point with, with trades. I remember that I was just ended up over the course of a trade period, I was ringing like 25 players and like maybe 15 they of them. They wouldn't expect that either, I don't reckon. Like, No, nah, 15 of them, I reckon I'll say, say I, I called 25, I reckon 15 of them would never have responded. Five of them would say... Uh, thanks for the call don't want to talk but then another five would be like actually really impressed you came to me and asked hmm. like probably still not talking to you but, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but kudos but, but like you know kudos to you so that's what I do now but I'm much more comfortable with it now just sort of like ringing someone and saying hey I'm right what's happening do you want to comment or mm. not or give us an insight into that like give us one that sort of stands out to you when you've had something going on at a club you've heard something's been happening behind the scenes say something's had to happen with some players at a club you call the president and they don't even know about it yet. Do they go, all right, let me do some research or call you back? Yeah, there's an example last year with Jordan Ngoi with the New York incident when he was locked up. I still remember ringing people at Collingwood that morning and the news was breaking from our correspondents over in the States and the people at the Pies still didn't know what had gone on. So I was ringing, I still remember it was a Sunday morning. It was just after Halloween, so it was November. The footy world's pretty much shut down. Like You think footy world really in the media sense travels from a month before round one yeah. until probably the end of trade period. November, December, January and parts of Feb are pretty quiet. So I still remember ringing people at Collingwood and they weren't aware of what's going on. And they said, that's news to me. I'm going to have to call you back. Um, let me get on to Geordie. Geordie was in a cell in New York without, his, without access to his phone. So people were trying to track down information as to what went on wow. while journos and media people on the ground are relaying information to us we're chasing CCTV vision of what happened and Collingwood were basically hands high behind their back without the chance to contact their own player. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's hectic. That's hectic. It's hectic to be in that power of position where you know something and you've got to treat it the right way and go through the right things. But that's um, it's a big it's a big power play, really. Not that it's that's what you're there for, but you're trying to report the news, the right to be 
right, but the right to be first, all these things that we spoke about in our chat that we had a couple of years ago, um, still apply in those situations. And then there's the stories that you know are right, that are actually right. You check them and they're right. And then you still don't go with them. Yeah. <laughs> because like there's the old, like, is the juice worth the squeeze? Like, yeah, right. I'm going to report that this happened to this player on the weekend or this player spoke to this club about going there, but it's never going to happen and you end up burning a relationship if you go with it. So you just go, oh, fuck it, like, I'm just going to... You're living on the edge, guys. Like these stories give me angst. Like is it? Is they it give a you const- angst? It gives me angst, and yeah, I'm yeah, involved yeah. in them. The thing is, like every day, you're just living by the phone. Like yeah. I, I dread every Sunday morning when the like the phone comes through. It's like your screen time was like nine and a half hours this week, or it was ten hours this week. Because if you aren't at your phone, I still remember there's times when you've been chasing a story, chasing a story, and you're not at your phone for half an hour, and you check it, and someone's come back to you with confirmation, and you check Twitter, and every man and his dog's gone with it. Mm. So you just, the sad thing is like sometimes you're in conversation with someone and then you're just trailing off into your phone and you're all of a sudden, sorry, what have you just said there? Oh, I love it. Let's um let's talk Tradies, Tradies Podcast, how the concept come about. Well, I know how it came about, but talk us through our initial meetings when we started the show and Sam, your baby, your idea on this one. Why did we start it? Why do you think it's so important and why do you think it's had such success early on? Because the show is going incredibly well. Um, and I don't say this lightly, like I don't do really projects that I'm not super passionate about and this is one that i love like i have been in the the system as i said earlier um and for me i find the off season behind the scenes list management managers player movement by far the most interesting thing um in the system it goes grand final day player movement i think like the way that mitch and i looked at it when we got together and decided this was a good idea was that the whole game is built on how are you getting better yeah and, and every supporter base is predicated on what is my team doing to get closer to a flag? Like, you know, whether you're in September and half the teams are out and half the teams are competing for finals, whether it's January and everyone's starting on zero points or whether it's deep in July and you're starting to figure out, oh, my team's actually no good. How are we getting better? Every team is trying to add things. And that all comes down to really the trade period. Yeah. And so we just thought it was a cool idea that two guys that have kind of tried to build their careers around a lot of this stuff could sit down. We've worked at rival networks. We like the fact that we never actually worked together. So like we've been respected foes and sort of mates from a distance, but we were never going to piss in each other's pockets. Mm. So I felt like that was going to have a good sound to the listeners, that they're always getting like genuine information with rigorous debate if required and a little bit of banter to go. It It just felt like the right mix and you know we've been we've been really really pleased and like mm. proud that there've been there's been some buy-in early and we just hopefully hope hoping we can organically grow that because that, that was the other thing is that we want it to be a long-term thing we're not going to be a flash in the pan uh, i think as well it's probably the first time thinking about this that you two have actually been able to talk in depth yeah about without time limit on things and there's only so much you can explain with trades over a quick break in the media or on, on TV with ad breaks and those sort of things. So it's another way to sort of explore that conversation. For me, I go, you know, minute 30 each, not on the news. So mm. you get a chance to hit, but then you can't delve into why he's done this, why they've requested a trade here, who he's actually spoken to, the dealings that have gone on behind the scenes. Even on the weekend, I was down in Geelong with some mates, six mates just watching the footy on the weekend. And the debate now goes beyond who's going to win this game or who's had the most touches to... I think this guy would be a good fit in my team or yeah. why aren't we looking at this guy? Mm. Jeez, I wish we had signed him. Like, bit delving going way back. So I'm 29 now. When I was 19, 20, starting on Trade Radio, that was my first sort of foray into the media. I still remember ringing player managers cold, like we mentioned earlier. And just seeing the way this has grown from, in the, in the last 10 years, fans thinking, oh, this guy would be great for my team, to oh, this is a restricted free agent. I think our salary cap's worth this. <laughs> a future pick can manoeuvre here. Like yeah. the education fans yeah. are getting now and how clued in footy punters are has just gone next level. And mm. I think that's what I'm really enjoying is chatting to fans and chatting with Sam, two fans, about what the next steps are 12 months of the year because clubs are talking about this all, all year round. That's the Why best can't part. we? I love that. And that's where it comes to the point where the education piece, and, and you're right, people know more about this than, than anyone now, but the fact that we think trade period goes for two weeks at the end of the season 
and stupidly we might sort of overlook it and go well do they just do it they go in a room for those two weeks and just see what happens but no like talk to us about from your boy's point of view like how early or how long do some of these trades look to actually take like are there players are coaches and stuff going and talking to uh, on the weekend if Carlton's up in Brisbane like will Michael Voss be yeah. meeting up with players in the Queensland yeah probably I mean I'll let Mitch talk about the mm. the the Tom Lynch you know to Richmond thing being almost 18 months in the making but like I, I did radio um, on the weekend I had Billy Frampton on after Collingwood's win over Essendon and he volunteered to us Collingwood first reached out in the first six weeks of last season so he you know he played basically an entire season half knowing that he was probably going to be playing for Collingwood I love that the next year like and if that's happening happening with Billy Frampton's, you know, like in all due respect, oh, like, yeah, you yeah, know, ima- sure. imagine the the big fishes like the Harry Himmelbergs are out of contract, like the Darcy Parishes, like you can't leave your run too late. No. It's a Melbourne Cup, mm. you know, it's not a sprint. Yeah, running second is not a it's not a conversation for August or September. Or the Tom Lynch, Richmond and Collingwood were into Tom Lynch for for eighteen months out when he was at Gold Coast. Yeah, it's incredible, and really. And you've got to convince. I think there's, well, from most trades, I think there's stages to the players happy at their club because players love playing league footy with their mates and the club that drafted them and invested in them to starting to to tinker their, their thinking to thinking, well, the door might be ajar. I could make a move to this is the offer. Mm. I'm going to request a trade. Like it's, it's, you've got to get into the psyche of a player really early, especially the big fish, like the Tom Lynch, for example. And uh, yeah, like people would debate, oh, there's still games going on now. Why are you talking about this? Well, players are talking to clubs. Tom Lynch was talking to Richmond 18 months yeah. in advance. Well, mm-hmm. we've got to take people along for the ride at the same time. It's blokes' careers we're talking about. Yeah. It's too much at stake. It's funny as well because people might think, oh, it's distracting the players. But if anything, the more news reported on this sort of stuff is better for them in the long run because they're actually – it's driving up their price. Other clubs might hear someone's talking about someone. It might even spike their – interest in knowing oh well if he's keen maybe we'll get him across and we'll chat to him as well so yeah. long term i see this as actually something that and as we've seen with the show um with with the tradie show is after every single episode there's about seven articles written yeah. um for headlines that are obviously getting clicks because that's what people want to read about it's, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that deal like i had i won't mention who it was but i had a player manager this week call me after we talked about one of his players mm. and the the paraphrasing the conversation was like mate can you stop talking about it? Like, it's bullshit. Like, <laughs> he doesn't want to think about it. He doesn't talk about it. Like, you're just talking about stuff that you're basically kind of like half guessing at. And I was like, mate, the, the moment that you want all of us to stop talking about your clients- the contract. Like, is the moment that you don't want him to earn- That's true. More money. You know what I mean? Like, it's- I get that sometimes it's uncomfortable mm. for the industry, but like, ultimately, we're talking about blokes kicking a pigskin around. Like, it's entertainment. It is entertainment. It's, it's fun. There's an appetite for it. And as long as we're not reporting stuff that's inaccurate, yeah, it's what I reckon, Mitch. It's what people actually want. Like they want oh, information. They do, and there's no, it's no coincidence the league is pushing for a mid-season trade period because it's content. Which Fans I hate. Know. Yeah, I know. I love that you two disagree on this. This is where the show is beautiful because there is some disagreement. You're the, I don't want to say, maybe the cynic in the situation of, is that okay to say? Yeah, definitely. Whereas Mitch is your traditional AFL nuffy, which I love. (laughs) And he's proud. He's very proud of, and I love that because it's a good balance. I'm more on the draft. I'm a bit conscious about the trade period, but I would, it would just go gangbusters. So if if it was introduced, I'd be all for it in that respect that we'd be talking about Collingwood now needing a Ruckman and there'd be. The eight ruckmen they can ch- chase and well, things like that. Even all watch about this, content, Mitch, watch this space as well. I know you <laughs> even more than the mid-season trade period. You hate even more as a mid-season draft. Oh, watch God. this space on um, on Sam Naismith. I reckon he's going to end up at, at Collingwood. You've heard this first. Well, tradies have been on this for a couple. Have you of been weeks. on it for a couple? Yeah. You you've already been on this for a couple of weeks. Do you not listen to trade? No, I do. But I think you stole that one from me. To be completely <laughs> honest, I think I handballed that one over <laughs> because Sam Naismith, obviously a gun player, is at his his woes with injury. Really good mates with Tom Mitchell, um, who is now a very good on baller at the Collingwood Football Club. Imagine those two in the centre square. Those waxing. two at the centre club. Do you two just want to? Do you two, well, I just want to host trade? <laughs> Sorry, this just shows you how much I love this I shit. I absolutely love this stuff. So that's just my little one out there as well. If you haven't heard it on tradies already, go back and listen to all the shows. But that's my one to watch this space on the mid-season draft. I, I know from a maybe chatting to you boys that the talent pool of that one this year isn't as good. You're not going to be getting your John Nobles a, um, a like in it, but. Marlon Pickett. Marlon Pickett. I'm you, just you're, you're not interested, I'm are you? I'm just enjoying listening to oh, I love it. mid-season I love trade it. and draft. 
Hello, my beautiful friends and family. Guess what? I am back. I am back. Third time lucky. My third time drafted in my life. I'll be making a return to footy as a part of the Carlton Draft, along with some big household names. Not as big as my name, but uh, some quite big names. Isaac Smith, Trent Cotchen, Matty Lloyd, Lee Montagna. Some of the all-time greats of our game, as I've just mentioned. One lucky Victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT, Aaron Phillips, to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at thecarltondraft.com.au. That's thecarltondraft.com.au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. G'day guys, Dill here. This should not come as a surprise to anyone given he's one of the biggest and best sports broadcasters in Australia, but Brian Taylor's podcast, Life of Brian, is absolutely flying at the moment. Recently, he's had on James Brayshaw, Tony Jones, his nephew and Sydney midfielder James Rowbottom, and even horse teeth Tommy Sheridan. Life of Brian is not just about the guests. It also provides a great insight behind the scenes of the football media and BT's life away from the mic. He's a very, very quirky man. Who would have thought picking up sticks is so important? The show is hosted by his son Harrison and it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Harrison gives Brian a run for his money. Life of Brian is a clubby sports podcast and it should be in your rotation. IllyXX. Hey, um, before we get into what's happening recently or what's happening at the moment, let's talk a, couple, a little bit about some um, older stories. Now, a few that you've sort of spoken about through Nuts and Bolts on there. You've got Drake Stringer, Clayton Oliver and Petrarca. Um, the Joe Danaher story of how he got to Brisbane, um, and a couple others. Which one's your boy's favourites of trades that have nearly gone or almost happened or not happened? I think the one I go back to was because I was like, I was just breaking in as a journo, was, and I'm terrible with years, Mitch and Dill, so you might have to help me out, but it was the year that Gary Ablett was at the Gold Coast and he decided that he wanted to go back to Geelong and they blocked it. Yeah. And I had the story from... I wish I could tell the story about the source where I got it from, but it was a ridiculous yeah. left field source. Did you tell me this? Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember either now. Maybe. It was, it was so left field that people wouldn't believe it, right? And then I did some digging into it. I was like, oh, shit, that's actually right. And I didn't have a huge contact base at this time. I would have been like 23, I reckon, um, or 24. And so I went to Caro, who sat next to each other at the age. And she goes, cool, Ronnie Ed. And I was like, what? He was coach of Gold Coast at the, at the time. Just call Rodney Ed. He's his number. Call him. You've got to have to get used to it and just like stump up and just do it. Just on the side, I don't want to just, That still rattles. And I think that's an education piece for the audience that you just do that. Like yeah. that's how you do it. I was like, oh, I shit, didn't know that. So I pick up the phone. I walk out, walk into the kitchen at the age and just call it. Three rings in. Answers. I was hoping voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Uh, Rodney Ed, Sam McClough and the age here. Okay, Sam. A uh, bit of an awkward one. Uh, I've got a story here that I'm just wondering if you'd comment on. Uh, Gary Ablett has requested to be traded back to Geelong. Oh yeah, no, I mean, he, yeah, he did come to he did come to us and, and and say that, but we, you know, we said, Gaz, look, you know, we'd really prefer to keep you, and uh, I, I don't think it'll be happening, mate. I, I honestly like, I just sit down in the kitchen. I was like, oh, Jesus he just Christ. thought he'd deny it. Yeah, because you I, build yourself up at this yeah. time. Sometimes you can make. 15 phone calls and get nowhere and you make one out of the blue like that and it's confirmed. I walked back to the desk and you know, I was white. Like I'm, I'm pretty white, white to start with. I was yeah. white. <laughs> I was pale. <laughs> and Kara's like, what happened? I told her and she's like, she, there was no, well done. There was no, congrats. There was just like, oh, I'll start writing. That's so good. <laughs> and it was on the back page the next day and it was, it was my first big newspaper story and that was really, really exciting. Yeah. The deal didn't end up going through, obviously, but it went through later. But Gold Coast basically had to come out and explain the situation about they were going shit house. Their best player, who they basically built mm. the club around, wanted to go home. They had to say no because he had two years left on his deal. So that's the one I always remember. That's a great story. Mitch, anything stand out for you? I'm horrible at remembering these. Like you have, it's funny. Like in the moment when you have, like it, it just is your life for like a week mm. with one story, and then you just you forget because you move on. The one that does ring a bell was. When uh, Brandon Ellis was at Richmond, free agent, he'd already had two flags under his belt at the time, was weighing up a big money move and was toured through Carlton yes. in the secret by Kane Little, who was the CEO at the time. Former two, I see at Richmond. So yeah. Good mates. Under Brendan Gale. So also, was, was there. by the way, Kane Little, if you maybe you guys didn't know this, but he was actually a coach of under 16s Vic Metro as well yep. and a yeah. midfield coach. 
Yeah, and Brandon would have played under him. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, so did a tour. But separate to the list manager, like, so Stephen Zulmani, head of list Which management. Which is traditionally the where they would where they would get that involved. That role would do that, not a so CEO. So the CEO. And I don't know if you could say, say that started the fracture, but Definitely the, the um, lines of communication got blurred there. Kane and Stephen Silvani ended up falling out. Yeah, right. Stephen Silvani left the footy club. And there was one later that year, another teammate, premiership teammate of Brandon Ellis was, was Dan Butler, who at the time was basically told at Richmond, your time's up. We're, we're playing other kids around you. Uh, you time for look, to look elsewhere. And I think everyone was on the same page that it was time for him to, to move on from Punt Road. But Carlton were into him. St Kilda were into him. Blues, again, another example of one part of the club saying we're in on him, one part of the club saying we're not. Ended up going to St Kilda and, you know, etching out a nice career there. So it's just funny where the moment, yeah. these things mm. can emanate from. I was speaking to a guy actually earlier, Luke, who was was in the studio and I was talking to him about coming on and I love these sort of if, buts and maybes trades that could have happened and those sliding door moments because we're talking about the Scully, Trengrove, Dustin Martin draft, pick one, two, three, and it came back to a Richard Tambling kick there's a video on YouTube that I need to get. It comes back to a kick that Richard Tamblin kicked a goal, which therefore made or missed a goal that made them finish a spot after. Yeah, it meant they finished bottom. And yes. So it, the irony is too real. The irony is too real. So <laughs> technically, it should have been vice versa. Dustin Martin should have been a, a demon and Scully a tiger. But who knows what happens in those moments? It's, it it yes. changes the whole course. Slide and then do they get Petrarca and Oliver? Yeah. Because they probably go. Better with Dusty, yeah. maybe. Crazy. Um, chat us through just quickly the Clayton Oliver Petrarca moment before the D's win the grand final. Yeah. How close was that to happening? Oh, I think Again, you've spoken about this on the tradies, but Yeah, I... yeah. I mean both both of them were both of them were close to leaving. You know, Oliver's having meetings with David Teague and Petrarca's having coffees with Scott Pendlebury mm. and you know, that they were both just two players that had seen too many players before them stay too long too in a long. club. And not get that success. So you can understand them, I think, at least looking elsewhere. But then they both ultimately stay. Both had years on their deal and like a, a trade for Oliver for Carlton because Carlton didn't have the picks at the time because they were getting Sard and a few others. It was just going to be too hard. So, you know, what tr- transpired is that they both stay and they both end up, you know, winning a flag and then going on the run that they've got. And now, you know, they're both contracted for a combined 15 years at the best part of 15 million bucks. Wow. It's big story. It's it's pretty crazy. It's hectic, and to see what's happened since then with the demons and and everything, it's pretty crazy to think yeah. that that could maybe not have been. Speaking of this year, okay, those situations technically they're happening now. Yep, with players that are out of contract at the moment. So these are some players you've spoken about this season already: Cosy Pickett, Tom DeConing, Harry Himmelberg, Ben McKay, Tom Doday. I always pronounce that right. Is it Doday? Doday. Doday. And I put there Fife as a question mark because I think. Mm. Obviously, he's not in the best form of his career at the moment, but you can't forget how good this guy is. Like it can take two games to you know flick yeah. the switch back on. Um, where where are we sitting with these at the moment? Going through that list, I start with Cosy Pickett. Where do we see him? Mitch has been all over this. One. You've yeah, he's yeah. been a favourite of mine this year, Cosy yeah. Pickett, because his round one such a good play was off the charts, oh. and the, like he, he's exactly the play that Melbourne needed for that flag because they've been crying out for that pressure forward, and you know he didn't have. The numbers weren't extraordinary that year, but what he did was huge for their flag. He's got four clubs into him, two WA, two SA. The talk in the last fortnight has been since gathered around that he's more likely to stay now. Melbourne are really confident, even chatting to people there today, that he's about to put pen to paper. Uh, Most likely on a deal that would take him to free agency, so four more years. Mm. Um, But that's a big decision for mate because he grew up in WA, spent the later parts of his junior career in SA, and to commit yourself for another term at Melbourne out of your, your home environment um, is a big call when you've got big offers and he's probably going to have to turn down more money to stay given where Melbourne's salary cap is and when you yeah. know these other clubs come calling they're going to be offering more bigger cash bigger offers so yeah, if, if indeed he does stay and it's looking more likely that he will um, that's a huge result for Melbourne because I think deep down they would have admitted that they were a chance to lose him at some stage that's the, the part as well that's really interesting is the fact that this player might be worth X, but to get him out of that club, you you have to pay twenty percent more. Yeah, well, it's the Tom DeConing yeah story, really. I mean, Carlton think that what he's shown so far is you know a five or six hundred thousand dollar player, 
but in order to get him, you know, like a Sydney, a St Kilda, or an Essendon, they're going to have to put a tax on that. It's huge. And pay him seven fifty or over to get him out. So it automatically puts the club that he's at in a precarious position because mm-hmm. it's like, well, are we willing to take that risk in order to maybe mess up our salary cap and pay this bloke overs just so he doesn't leave? Or you do what I think clubs don't do enough still, and that is call a bluff. So just as, so a, saying, just as a quick aside, yeah. like Brody Grundy Collingwood, perfect example. He's playing unbelievable footy. He's a dual All-Australian, best and fairest. And then, you know, his management come to Ned Guy at the time as list manager at Collingwood. Like, well, we want seven years and a million bucks. Kind of, oh, it's a lot of money, you know. I don't, what if we give you five years at night? Well, no, because Adelaide will give us seven years and a million bucks. In South Australia, will go home. I just don't think clubs enough go, okay, well, we drafted Brody. We really like him, but we also really like winning flags. And in order to do that, we can't overspend on our cap. So, Brody, we're happy to give you five years at 900 grand with some incentives. You're all Australian, your best and fairest. You're going over a million. In five years, we'll talk. You know, unless something happens to your body, we'll still pay you good money year six and seven on a separate deal. Hmm. If you want to go home to Adelaide, if you want to pack up and move and you want to sell your house and your girlfriend's Victorian, so you're going to have to get used to her to South Australia, you want to go do that for the extra two years, cemented? Fine. That's okay. I like that. That's up to you. I don't think clubs do that enough. I think some do. They do. I think Geelong, well, they, it's probably a different logic that, to what they have. They have that real mentality of like you come there for success and the bigger players, once they've sort of had their time, take a smaller paycheck. Like what Tom Hawkins is doing. Like this what Tom year, Hawkins yeah. and all those guys are doing. But yeah, you're totally right. Like I think, and uh, you know, I'm in. I'm getting better at talking about uh, things now because they're my friends, and you know, I I want to be giving my opinions on this. But I think that that's where the Giants have really struggled over the past ten ten years, pretty pretty much of their whole career, is the fact that the, the players had so much pull over them. So the players taking too much cash, or well, you're not going to say no to money if they're getting offered it. But yeah. I think that they had to probably be a bit stronger with some calls. Yeah, and then because otherwise, there's three, six players in the team earning a million bucks each, and everyone else is on peanuts, and it's hard, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, I think they drew a line in the sand at one stage, like before the Cogs deal, saying we've lost too many here, we just can't go on with this because yeah. the cycle's just getting out of hand. That kid comes in for two to four years, they stay. Train them up. Train them up. Get two first round picks. Use the two first round picks at the draft. Do the same thing. Kid comes in for two to four years. So they put a line in the sand. They said that, you know, Cogs is our guy. He's our future leader. We want him to stay. But then the offset of that is what you're saying is the the cap just gets blown out of proportion and the mid-tier guys get squeezed out. That's why Taranto and Hopper really are playing at other clubs right now. And that's a part that that hurts. You know, you're going to... And Giants will always say that they never lose players that they don't want to lose. But that's you can't say that. That's wrong. Like Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremy yeah, Exactly. It's, it's hard to say. What, um, speaking of the Giants, and again, I don't want to, you know, my team, then my boys, my blood, um, I bleed orange. <laughs> Please tell me that we're a chance to keep um, Harry Himmelberg. I think there is a chance. No, I don't. He's gone. He needs to stay. I think their cap's been, with Toronto and Hopper leaving, their cap's been sorted a little bit. Like Haynes on good back-ended money, Whitfield's, still close to a mill so they might need to sort those two out to agree but Kelly Cornelio still in a mill yeah but still performing yeah true um, Haynes is still a bloody good player and yeah. Whitfield's playing league footy but Toby not Green. having the same impact mm. Toby's in his own echelon but I think the money to play Himmelberg is there if he wants to stay and I'm not putting a line through him to go just yet in saying that the free agency and I'll probably bang on about this all year on tradies yeah. clubs will be happy to pay more for a free agent like a let's say a Richmond right now for Himmelberg, they'll pay him more on his salary to get him out because they don't have to give up a trade pick for him. So Richmond don't have anything that this year's really... All their picks are gone for Taranto and Hopper. But if they go and get Himmelberg, they, they don't need to give agents. up a pick. Yeah. So, I turned my notebook out last week because Mitch was giving me tips on... Th- yeah, this is really pay, interesting. So you look at a club so, like, for example, um, is it Fremantle this year? Like they have hardly any picks anymore? Yeah, because yeah. of Jackson. Because of the Jackson. So that means... Because they have no more picks anymore, they should be really targeting free agents because they're not. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Cozzy, Cozzy and DeConing are not free agents because they haven't been in the comp for eight years. Yeah, to trade for them. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. I like that. Okay, well, what you're saying to me is Himmelberg's a chance to stay, so I'm happy with that. It's it's interesting one. Like, if it is Richmond, like far out picking three, Hopper, uh, Tim and Harry, who are th- good 99% good sure are all the same age as well. 
maybe one year, been one year between. I think Hopper and, Tarant, uh, Hopper and Tarando were one draft apart. Yeah, so sure. Himmel might be a bit. I think actually Himmel got picked up as a 19-year-old, funnily enough. Okay. So he was a year older. Anyway, exciting. Back or forward for Harry? Where's he best? Oh, I think he really relishes actually moving around. So I think that, you know, there's players that they play well when they're in one position yep. and they're like, oh, I only want to play as a forward. Yeah. I feel like he loves being the man that gets thrown around. Um, like a Dill Buckley, throw me forward. Well, that wasn't because I, I liked it. It was just because, you know, it's more of a just let's get him a kick sort it was of thing. An, it was yeah. a necessity. It was a necessity right. that there had to be a role. Just ask Brett Delidio. Yeah, well, he would know. He would know. <laughs> Buried him a few times. Um, but I love I love him. I think he's such a valuable player. We saw what he can do against Adelaide. And to be honest, he's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. Like even when um, I was up there watching from the, the NEFL, um, he would religiously get thrown end-to-end any part of the game, play that plus-one role, come forward, kick goals. Um, he even plays in the ruck sometimes too. So I think he's a very valuable player. I'd love to see them keep him. But I really like Adam Kingsley, by the way. I really like him. I think he's a good coach. Okay. I went to something with Adam Kingsley in the preseason with a few other media types. And he, he can hold a room. Like yeah. he's not just a first-year coach coming in from the abyss. Like he he can hit you between the eyes. Mm. Ben Mackay. Has he dropped in oh, last no, few just- weeks? Don't mention the war. Mitch thinks bit. that Ben Mackay is a eight hundred thousand dollar player. Yeah, because clubs pay for free agents, and there's not many think, good. Is that because they backs. don't have to give picks? Uh, let me check my notes. Yeah, no, sorry, yes, yes, okay, right. Yeah. So just say, for example, Fremantle this year. Yeah. They don't have any picks, or you know, Carlton, yeah. for example, if they want to get them across. Yeah. They don't have to give up any picks for that. It's just free uh, across, and then yeah. the other club gets a compensation. Yeah, pick. and like so, if he's a first round pick, if if it's over like seven fifty, yeah, sort of, it's sort of the cutoff for the first round right That'll now. Be higher. If North finish bottom four, that's a top four pick. Yeah. So it comes after your first pick, the compo. So there's a there's a delicate balance where let's say a club comes with seven fifty for Ben Mackay, North can sit back and think we might actually be better off letting him go. Yeah, because yeah. you get a top four pick. Do they know the worth of that contract? They get so, and this is where it gets very delicate. Mm. Jeremy Cameron, for example, was a restricted free agent, so it gave the Giants at the time the chance to match it. Yeah. So that Geelong lodged the offer, that goes to the Giants, six years at nine fifty a year. Do you want to match this? Giants do the maths and think, well, if we let him go and walk, we're only going to get one first rounder. Yeah. If we match it, given he's restricted, we can then do a trade with Geelong. That's what they did. They end up getting basically two and a half yep. first round picks. I actually think that Mitch is trying to get on as a guest for the Ben and Harry podcast. Oh, is that why you're trying to get to <laughs> He just keeps talking yeah. up Bit his Bit of synergy, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right. um, but and no, I think tall key backs that can intercept like Ben Mackay don't come around all that often. Where does he go? If will... he leaves, where does he go? Port Adelaide's been into him for a while and they've yeah. got cap room. Carlton, don't discount them. And Essendon, you know, Zerk that just coming on now and Reed's there, so maybe the need for him is not as strong, but I think Essendon could do with a key back. Does Mitch McGovern leave? Yeah, the West Coast thing's just is just always there. Like I know they always They're not even from WA though, are they? Is Mitch from WA? I think so. I think they're both West Coast. Yeah, both from Well that would make sense, they're brothers. To play together's oh, yeah. always been <laughs> believe they're brothers? Yeah, okay, fantastic. That would actually make a lot <laughs> check of sense. My notes. Yeah, check your notes on that one as well. Um <laughs> second last on the list, Tom Duday. He's a really interesting one for me because he's the guy that should have been captain. Yeah, but just knows you, the caper. Like, yeah. so he's probably listening to this podcast. He loves right now. NFL. He loves yeah, his drive yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah. Like, so he will know his worth. Like, a bit like Josh Dunkley twelve months ago. Like, yeah. the talk won't phase him. Love that. So we can talk Tom Duda, Tom Duda, Tom Duda, and it just won't like his water off a duck's back. Yeah, Crows are pretty confident. He's made all the right noises. That he's going to stay, um, but until they put the pen to paper, you don't know. But what they're building, their start of the year, I think, is giving them some good hope that he'll stay. Last but not least on this list is uh, is Fife. Where if he leaves, where would you go? Is it worth Fremantle moving him on? And what club would you see him going to? I think you'd have a look at it depending on where Freo finish. Yeah, but I think like St Kilda or or Carlton makes sense. You'd see him go to Carlton. Yeah, I think so. I mean, depending on how close Carlton get towards the top of the ladder, like just someone else that they can throw in for some midfield depth mm. that can rest forward. Um, you know, he brings leadership. He brings a certain pizzazz. I mean, I, I wouldn't have discount Collingwood in this. Yeah. Um, the Collingwood mate, one would sort of mean more to me than Carlton because Carlton, they can't even fit to Coning, Silvani, yeah. Mackay and Kerno in at the moment. And their midfield's yeah, a little bit one pace. You'd probably fit a dual brand low medalist in, I reckon, Mitch. 31-year-old that's banged up. Well, yeah, he's so, so anti-age. I'm 31. I, I feel love great. that five. I feel terrible. I'm 30. <laughs> How old are you? I'm 30. You're younger. I'm the oldest one. I'm yeah, dying. <laughs> I don't feel well. Um, <laughs> Fife, I think St. Kilda would be cool. Ross Lyon. That would be, yeah. Going we'll, back. Some with, cool synergy there. Yeah, I think he'd be, he'd be good at Saints. 
Anyway, a um, couple of little things I want to talk about that absolutely rattles my brain that you boys talk about a lot um, on the tradies. And I just didn't, I even as I've mentioned again, yes, as a past player, didn't even realize this shit was happening, is the fact that there's players getting managed by managers that also manage the coach, they manage the GM, mm-hmm. they manage the captain of the club. So would you talk about, like... No. Would you know who your teammates are managed by? Oh, we would, but, like, it was more so... You just don't think that... It's, it's like issue. when you're at school, right? You're at high school. You don't think about what your teacher's doing on the weekend. Yeah. You know, they don't have a life <laughs> you don't. out... You don't have a life outside of school. Like, you're like, Miss Johnson, what the hell? You, you think, just stay here all week. You know, you don't you see go- some teachers when you get to your late 20s, 30s. Yeah. You think, and you're like, how are you a teacher? Yeah, why? What are you doing? Is this like, like Bradley Cooper walking out of school in the hangover? Yeah. He's like, it's the weekend. I exactly. do not know It's you. like that. And it's like with a coach, you just think, fuck, they're a coach. They just manage their own shit. Like, you know, obviously I, I think, knew they had managers, but you don't think about that. You don't think so that maybe I, I'm managing the I reckon same it's like, it is funny, but it's also, like, it's becoming a semi-serious issue now. It's, it's, it is. Where well, you've got, like, TLA who manage more than half the players in the pool of, and then would probably manage, what, Mitch, like, eight of the eight or nine of the 18 senior coaches. Yeah. Then you've got Connor Sports who probably manage another 200-plus players plus another four or five coaches. Mm-hmm. So, between two companies, really, you've got 600 of the 800 players and you've got probably two-thirds of the senior coaches. Like, it's impossible for there not to be conflicts mm. with that sort of stuff. So, I think there is a bit of noise being made by some of the players to the PA about, how hey, how can we get a little bit more separation? Because the 40th bloke on the list should have an equal opportunity of being heard and managed. They should. As the I agree with that, actually. From experience, I do <laughs> agree with manager? that. No, I had a great manager, Matt Bain. He was, he was very Bain, nice okay. to me. As he'd tell me, he reckons he got me about seven extra years. So, he only thinks I should add one. But... but- Two nasty. examples last it year. Was. Colin Young Colin is a Young. manager in the West. Yep. Manages Rory Lobb, who's trying to break his contract and get out of Fremantle. Yes. And also manages the coach, Justin Longmuir. Now, a lot of the managers do the contracts with the coaches just sort of around the time of it being out of contract. So, they, they probably won't speak to them for months before dealing with them. But here's Lobb trying to get out of a deal with a manager who manages the coach. Like, that's- That's hectic. That's yeah. hectic. It's a perfect then example. you've got at Collingwood, Tom Batoro is the player manager of TLA, head of- Player management at TLA. Great guy, Tom. I love Tom. Matt Bain's boss. So your yes, manager's great company. boss, no, Tom Petrero. Good guys. Yeah. He manages the coach, Craig McRae, the assistant, Brendan Bolton, the assistant, Scott Selwood, the assistant, Justin Lepich. And then you've got his client, Tom Mitchell, at Hawthorne, looking for a new home. Pye's looking for a centre bounce midfielder. They missed Tim Tarano, who goes to Richmond, who also is managed by TLA. Wow. And then you've got a whole... Explode. Hang on, we were after Tarano... Oh, what about this Mitchell guy who <laughs> also managed him? Managed him. So the synergy was just it just worked. It's 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 very similar. I don't know if you guys ever watched Entourage, but like it's very similar with like a the old school movie agent where it's like, no, I can't give you Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. for yeah. this movie, but I've got Bradley Cooper. You know what I mean? Like he'd be perfect for it. That's pretty cool. It's very similar. I love that. That's really cool. It's the old school Ari Gold sort of stuff. A manager's quite good. Like we pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. Do you stay away from the managers? I stay away from the managers. Okay, is that yeah. from, have you been bitten, Samuel? Yeah, I've had a couple of really nasty experiences okay. that I'd... Is, is, do you want to talk about it? Uh, I've never talked about them publicly. I've just had... The first for everything. Yeah. Um, I like the pushing out like that. So. I, think, I think player managers, their job is to get the best deal for their clients, and I have a lot of respect for them. But that often flies directly in the face of what... You're trying to do. We're trying to do. And I, I don't know about Mitch, but I can't remember the last time I was given a good story by a play manager. So well, it's probably a good thing. I though, check, things with, I check like, things with him if I need to go for a, yeah. get a quote. But I've had I've had two really scarring experiences with him. Mm. One was an argument and the other one they directly lied to me and I missed out on a story that ended up being true. Mm. And I made a rule to myself after that that I'd only go to them if I absolutely needed to. Mm. I get most of my trade stories from players, I would say. That's interesting. Wow. In saying that as well, you'd nearly... It's a good thing that the managers... Maybe it's not a good thing, but managers might be saying, if you said that, well, that's a good thing. They're they're doing a good Uh, job. No, 100%. If I I was a player, I wouldn't want my manager manager speaking to the media about stuff that's got to do with my contract. I I totally agree with that. That, but that's what I'm saying. It's just- Hi, Matt Bain. Is Dill Buckley available? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. Right now, there was not many calls coming in. From, um, uh- <laughs> whereas like club representatives and CEOs and like AFL representatives, they're they're a little bit easy to like pin them on stuff. Yeah. You know, I was like, is this happening? 
can you comment in this? Whereas yeah. player managers sort of float a little bit in this grey area. Whereas I said that, that do you think their role is purely for their clients. Do you not think for they us. can use the media better? Look, I have this theory that uh, Ken Hinkley yeah. uses the media every time he goes out of contract. Have yeah. you noticed that? Well, so does Koshy the other way. Koshy does it the other way, does it? Because like every time, like he goes out of contract, and I don't know. I think maybe I've heard this before. I didn't come up with this myself, but I have this thing where like he goes out of contract. They haven't really won any games. Then he goes, oh, Gold Coast are keen. This, say, they're keen. Yeah. And I'm like, well, are they? And then he signs another five-year mm. deal. Yeah, the smart so ones like, always use the media there's, to their there's a good, there's some There's some ways that people use the media quite well with with deals, no, I yeah. feel. Yeah. Managers, no? No, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a yes to managers. You're a yes to managers? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, list managers. Oh, yeah. Best ones. Give me the ones that you... you if you were as in relationships a, or as if you were starting Tasmania, who you'd want leading your club right the, now? That was the exact question I had. If you're a... Uh, tell us who you like Great as well. question. But if you were starting at least uh, tomorrow, say Tasmania, as yeah. you just said, who would you be? Give me, yeah, your one, two, three, one being the best that you'd be starting off tomorrow to start a list there. This is going to be the equivalent of a player answer. Oh, we're just one week at a time. But the guys that have had the sustained success with the best clubs, can you beat at Sydney? I love him. He's such a ripper. And a great character too. Yeah, great guy. Stephen Wells at Geelong, who's more part-time now, more recruiting. So, yep. Andrew Mackey's doing more of the list. And my third, Blair Hartley at Richmond. Yeah, he's my number one. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be getting Blair. So, you know what's really interesting is, and maybe this is not, just says more about me than anything, but I've obviously heard of Kenny Beats and Legend. I've heard a lot about um, Stephen Wells, which who hasn't. Blair Hartley, I haven't heard a lot about, but obviously he's done an incredible job over the last five years. Like, is, that, yeah. is he a fly under the radar sort oh, of, sort of guy? Or? Hates. Yeah. Hates media. Yeah. Hates when you call him. Yeah. All right. I've spoken to him a few times and if you answer the phone being like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk Sorry, to When you. I say hates the media, he hates the limelight. The limelight, yeah. 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 He's, um, I think, I think to be honest, what he's done at, at Richmond, just, you know, the way they've been able to turn things around, they hit some really key players in the draft. And I just think he's a smart operator. I think he's, he, he works on players early and yeah, Kenny Beatson would probably be my number two. They've just got a, they've just got a record of like turning players' careers around. Mm. I reckon, like over such yeah. a weirdly long period of time. Some crazy stat that there's like nine out of their 22, like last year, were rookies like playing in their team. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think, I think Stephen Silvani gets a, a harsh rap from a lot of the competition. You know, like I know that he missed on a few. I know that the Dow and the O'Brien draft will always go against him. But like ultimately, the team that Carlton have assembled, that's probably the best list they've had in a long time, yeah. mm. is because he decided to do the 66 game rebuild. Where they picked Weedering, Mackay, Kerno, and Jack Cripps. They take Jack at pick 60. Now, you know, there's always the argument that he had so many picks that he was going Cripps wasn't in that pick, though. He was like, Cripps was uh, no, Cripps, Wayne Hughes and. Um, was Cripps before Sauce got there? Shane, yeah. Ro Shane, yeah. Rogers. Shane Rogers picked Cripps, yeah. Shane, Shane Rogers, Shane O'Sullivan. Shane Rogers. Shane. Shane Rogers and Wayne Hughes picked Cripps. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Shane Rogers now doing some work with Brisbane. The, the right. clubs recruiting teams are becoming so big now that it's not really just one guy you pin it on yeah. like yeah the guys are going watch under 18s every week then you have the yeah. the TPP guys like the, most clubs now have a recruiting boss and a list management boss so like for example at Sydney Kinnear Beatson does more of the list focus and the structure and strategy whereas Simon Del Rimple's more their head of recruiting mm. so it's yeah. sort of split off yeah. in two parts just now. on the Crips one I remember so vividly when we picked him up because they would have been in my second year and I was really good mates with Ben Lennon, who's still am to this day, and he got picked up, I think, maybe one pick before Crips or two picks before Crips, yeah. just after, yeah. whatever it was. And it was I like remember Lennon and then McCarthy, I reckon, to yeah, the Giants. Everyone at the club was so pissed off that we didn't get Ben Lennon. Yeah. And like, oh, we've got this Crips guy. <laughs> and then, like, you fast forward now, and you're just like, fucking hell. Like, Crazy. What a pick that was. And, you know, if that hadn't have gone well for Shane Rogers and stuff, they would have been like, you guys fucked it. But that's... It's a pretty good pick that they, they did there. Yeah, you take the good ones. You take the good ones. Just two burning questions I have for you boys because this is the only opinions I care about. Should we have, and I've got an opinion on this, should we have in the AFL more adapted a US trade base whereby at the end of the year, players can, tr clubs can trade players without no. their consent? No. I think at a certain point, if a player's on in the top 10% paid or something like some, some cutoff because the only feedback you hear from players is I'm on 250 grand I can't move my whole family for that so I think if you're in the top X amount mm. in saying that all this talk around players being traded against their will it sort of happens now anyway Yeah, it's, like it's Brody like, Grundy and Adam Traw were yeah. told to pack their bags and they did yeah go true. back to the Judd deal but like Josh Kennedy didn't want to go that's true it's been happening for a while I'm with you I just 
we yeah we don't need this new we don't need all these new rules around trade we just don't we don't need a mid-season trade period either that's actually very true well not the second part but i like the first part of that it's been happening for a while yeah um fun fact for you guys i'm not sure if this one slid across your desk but i'm a footy i remember no this one definitely would and if it did you you're a freak um when the reason i actually got that seventy-five thousand dollar rookie deal at the giants was because nick subin was like why the fuck would I mm. bring my whole family from WA <laughs> to Sydney for seventy five grand? Like it's just not possible yeah. to to do that. So you're right. Like with the payment and stuff, two hundred fifty is a bit of a different thing. But so yeah, you, he said no to it. You were the Nick Subin fill in, and that changed the course of the history of, of the GWS Giants. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, interesting. but it's I interesting, isn't it? That. Like that stuff. Like for him to say yeah. no it opens up the door for yeah, yeah absolutely stuff like that as well. Um, gives and, you bold. Yeah. No, you go. No, I was gonna say I just said two fifty is like it's like it's pocket change in the AFL but it is it's sort of in the lower end of like, the is. minimum wage right now is 4.10 so like but you do realise I've never like that money is a, is a lot of money isn't am I correct me if I'm wrong but the minimum wage of an AFL player contract on a senior list is 120 grand or 110 about that 100, yeah it's 110, 110. It's 110. And on a rookie, rookie list it's 75 but it's basically the same thing now it's like, like 60 isn't it cause, yeah. yeah and that's I think that'll... so when they say it's like that's what it just always annoys me when they say it's 300k that's off they take those stats of players who play games yeah so you're actually leaving off the players who make the least money out of the whole yeah thing so it's not as high as yeah. it's definitely not as high yeah it's definitely not as high you're leaving off like the 100 200 yeah. players that aren't playing a game yeah anyway give us your bold prediction for the end of the year what happens Anything that you see? Fast forward, end of the season, who's wearing what? Well, I think Himmelberg goes to Richmond, personally. I just think the relationship with Taranto, and I think the Giants are not going to go too well. I think he'll just see it as an opportunity for more cash and play in front of big crowds. And I think, yeah, I think Essendon and Carlton are the two biggest watches. I think Essendon, over, the, over the trade period. Yeah, I think Essendon yeah. could do some real damage if they end up having a good year. Yeah, I reckon players as well. look at them and think big club, Brad Scott, I'm impressed. You know, Draper's hitting his straps and there's some there's some special they've got a good list don't they like when you look at it now depending what happens with Redmond but you've got like even you know Archie Perkins Jai Caldwell starting to play some really good footy um going playing on all the other guys I I love Durham 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 Durham. yeah the winger and he was a mid-season yeah mid-season draft which we love Essendon have had good success they've had some really good success Uh, Snelling yeah John Menzies a pretty handy small forward yeah yeah um for you give us something Tom DeConing at Geelong. Oh, that's big. I'll buy you a bottle of Bloke in a very expensive wine. Oh, I'm not. That's that just happens. that's just a that's around six hundred. You'd have to think that's pretty oh. impressive. If they can make that happen, oh. the rest of the competition you just pack up and go. Home yeah, Geelong get Tom DeConing. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's hey, it. That's with no mail or don't pin me on this. I don't want this it's written just what off. What you think? Oh, and yeah. use that tomorrow. No, no, yeah. we're pinning you. Yeah. We're pinning you. It's just what you said. Hey, boys, thanks so much for coming in. I really thanks appreciate too. it. Tradies is going absolutely incredibly. We'll put the um, link in the show notes for the show. Check it out. Drops Wednesday morning every week. Yep. Um, and yeah, really, really pumped to be part of it, boys. So thanks so much for coming on, and um, thanks look forward to getting you back. Thanks, in throughout the year. Thanks, boys. Thanks for listening to another Producey podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest, or advertise with one of our podcasts, then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. Iliac's X.